this is Hoops Green from the Harlem Globetrotters. Get ready. It's time now for the latest Arena Guy Backstage Pass podcast with Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Rettelberger. All right, Dave, this is great to be great. back again. Podcast number five. Arena Guy, great to see you. Great to see you, Dave Rettelberger. Podcast number five. Already number five. That's I great. Know. Always looking forward to these. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. He's going to have fun uh, talking about a whole bunch of things. You know, we've made a lot of recent concert announcements, some big ones, too. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, we've been busy, and that's one of the reasons why we haven't maybe uh, uh, done this as often as we'd like to. But we know one of our New Year's resolutions is we're going to be more regular in 2019. Oh, we're going to be regular? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good goal to have. Let's be more regular. And we will. We'll be uh, monthly coming up starting in 2019, so we're very excited about that. We'll talk about some of these major concert announcements. Buckeye Country Superfest is back yeah. after a year off, coming back with a oh, awesome. A huge lineup. Yeah, huge lineup. Uh, and uh, we're also going to talk a little bit of some of our favorite shows of the past uh, year or so. We'll talk about what artists are touring for the last time. And we are recording this on the very day that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced their 2019 inductees. Yeah. So we'll talk about that as well. And uh, we'll talk about how many have played Columbus recently, more than you might think. And we'll talk to Hoops Green. She's the 15th female player with the Harlem Globetrotters. Plus the arena guy, that's me. We'll talk to two-time <laughs> WWE World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins. So all that's coming up on today's Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Rettelberger. All right. So big announcements recently. Yeah. yeah it's, boy, it's been nonstop. Uh, let's talk Buckeye Country Superfest let's first. Do that. Let's Let's talk that one because uh, stadium shows you know, are, are always something special. By the way, Taylor Swift, I don't know if you saw the news last night, uh, she announced that her uh, reputation tour, they filmed it for Netflix, uh, and uh, from all the tour stops, I guess, they, they, they got some video, and they're going to release that on uh, at like 1231, or I guess 1201, right on New Year's morning. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so whatever it is. But anyway, I saw the preview for that, and it was, reminded me of, of how magical a stadium show is, right? Right. And so BCS, uh, you know, was something that, that – when we announced it, it was going to be the first stadium show that had been at the shoe in like a decade. Twelve years. And then the Stones snuck in there, right? They did. <laughs> <laughs> cool, and no, no complaints there, Not right? Not at all. But, you know, we, did, we had three great years. And then we took a year off, right? Because the big thing with BCS uh, is if you're going to play a stadium, you got to have the right lineup. Right. And, and when you do it for three years for two days, you need I mean, two headliners for each day. Yeah. So that's Four, what is it? that's like four headliners for a BCS Math times hard. three, 12, <laughs> and you start running out of the major headliners. So just taking a year off was a good idea just to give it a little breather and build up that anticipation again, too. And come back with a vengeance. Tell me right. about it. Because uh, I have to tell you, when I heard the rumors that we were going to be able to nail down George Strait for this, people were, were so excited because, you know, George had a farewell tour. He did. Uh, and it was the last big tour that he did. Uh, but so he's only doing, like, select dates now. And so right. this is this is quite a, uh, a coup to be able to get him to come back to uh, Columbus. It really is. He has quit touring in the sense of going on a 200-date tour or something. He just plays shows that he wants to yeah. here and there. The king of country. The king of country, King George the most successful country artist in the history of music and, and one of the most successful artists in all genres of music. And there's just something about him. He's got this charisma that yeah. people can't get enough of. He's got a new single out, too. So he's still very active, but he's just being very choosy about where he plays. So the fact that he's playing Columbus and playing Ohio Stadium is huge. 
You know, when he was here last time at Nationwide, I remember that uh, they were setting up the show, and he's doing sound check, and and we had some business that we had to take care of uh, in in the arena at the time, and it was so the stage is right in the center, and for some reason, whatever we were doing, I can't remember exactly what it was. I had to walk right in front of him while he's doing sound check, and I remember he stopped and he looked right down at me, and I was like terrified that King George was gonna, you know, come <laughs> out. and he just smiled and and kind of waved, and I was like, I just kept on doing my, you know, as we do, right? You don't you don't wave back, hey, how you? You doing buddy you know you keep on going about your business and we talked to him later that night yeah uh and he's just a great great guy and and uh not just king george right one of our bcs favorites is coming back blake shelton blake shelton yeah he's uh been in columbus gosh many times uh he loves columbus and so to be part of this package is extra special too blake is a uh, columbus uh, a favorite and uh when he comes he he is exactly the guy that he he is on TV. He doesn't backstage. He doesn't he doesn't change. He's not he's not a real jerk. Or anything. He's just that that same guy that you would want to go out for drinks with. Yeah, remember uh, last time we played nationwide, we gave him a. Uh, you're, you're in charge of the artist gifts. Yeah, we usually give the artist gifts as a sign of appreciation for, for playing it's the arena. Keepsake from Columbus. Yeah, for playing the arenas or Ohio Stadium sometimes. Uh, and it was uh, was it a, it was a camouflage. Jersey. Yeah, it was right after uh, uh, one of the military appreciation nights with the blue yeah. jackets. So we had a camo uh, jerseys. So we made him a custom Blake Shelton camo jersey. I just remember fun. he loved it. Yeah, he I mean did. he was like over the top excited about that. Yeah, he's always been very appreciative of the stuff. And he got the we we do robes for a lot of the artists. And he, Blake was the first artist ever to get a, uh, a, a, ba- a blue jackets bathrobe from us. And he loved it so much that we actually started doing that for all the artists. Yeah. Then I remember what a year or two later we gave one to his then wife Miranda Lambert. Yes, right. <laughs> Said you might have seen this around the house. We gave one to your husband, and then hey, and you know what? Yeah, and, and she didn't recognize it, so maybe that was a sign. Then maybe I don't know. we should have known. But uh, also on the bill, Chris Jansen, up and coming yeah. uh, country artist. Although he's been a longtime country music songwriter, written hit records for Tim McGraw and others. Uh, Midland, who we like a lot. Midland was here, and uh, gosh, who were they opening for? Uh, I believe it was Little Big, Big Town. Town, right at the, here at the Schottenstein Center. Uh, and I remember those guys backstage, like they always had a uh, open bottle of beer in their hand, right? And not, <laughs> no, they weren't. They weren't rowdy. They were just having a good time. They were loving it's the fact music. that they were on an arena show, right? Absolutely. And then they played the little uh, B stage. They did their entire set yeah. from out in the crowd on the B stage. That was a revolving stage. It was really yeah. neat. And they, uh, a couple of the guys wore the uh, Ohio State jerseys we gave Which them. Which is very cool. And of course, uh, oddly enough, you mentioned the beer drinking. Their hit record, their huge number one record is called Drinking Problem. Yeah, right. So maybe that's a sign. But I think they've got it under control. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Ray Lynn is on the bill as well, and she was on season two of The Voice on Blake's team. And Blake just loved her so much that he's taken her out on tour. She's been here a few times with Blake. Yeah, and she's a lot of fun. I was one of those artists, yeah. whether, whether you know her or not, uh, you probably will recognize her from TV, but uh, she's great. She's a lot of fun. She's uh, also uh, been a backup singer on a lot of his recordings, so that's cool. So it's a great lineup. It's going to be a lot of fun, and BCS is back in a major way. Yeah, and it's a one-day show this year, yeah. right? So it's a, it's a one-day uh, event uh, in there, uh, Saturday, June uh, 8th, I believe it is. Yeah. Is that the 8th? I believe uh, it is, um, yes, it is. Uh, but it, it's that Saturday night, and it's going to be just a great night at, at Ohio Stadium if you've never been to a show there. You know, maybe you've been to a football game, but there's something magical yeah. about one of those outdoor shows there and, and, and a lot of fun, and uh, uh, tickets are available. I love right now, yeah. I love the stadium shows. Like you say, there's an energy uh, that's that's so different. And you can tell the artists love it, too, because they don't play. I mean, there aren't many stadiums like Ohio Stadium, so so many just love the fact that they're in this iconic, famous football stadium. I'm glad you mentioned 
mention that because you know you you are absolutely right about uh, about that because a lot of the NFL stadiums are like sixty thousand seat stadiums. What are we? One hundred eight, so, I think. Yeah. So with, when they when they step out on stage, it is uh, it's a wow factor for the artists yeah. too. When they can when they stand there on that stage and they see Ohio Stadium, they think. Holy! I can't believe I feel this. It's it's an, it's an iconic place for them to play. So, uh, a lot of fun, and and definitely excited to have King George here for uh, BCS. Absolutely, and and we made a few other major announcements in the past two weeks. Let's run down uh, the first one: Justin Timberlake, Man of the Woods tour is coming back, right? So we were talking about this. I can't even remember the last time somebody came back on the same tour. Yeah, right. Where it's you know they you come people come back all the time, but people come back for the next tour. Right. They do that tour, and they come back for the next one, but rarely the exact same tour. And the reason why uh, is because, you know, when he was here last time, the demand for tickets was so high, and Columbus is a great market for Justin. Uh, Columbus just loves him, right, and he loves playing Columbus. So we started talking to his management right about right away. When can we get another show? I when, remember that night that yeah, conversation was going absolutely, on. Absolutely, right? Yeah. It was that night we were like, hey, I think we're going to be able, and it took a while to get it done, right, as things never move as quick as we would like. But uh, <laughs> uh, we announced it, uh, and that show is coming back uh, in March. And it's a really, if you didn't go last time, the stage is incredible. It's just this, it's this crazy, uh, elongated, like, walk through the woods kind of stage. Yep. And he actually even comes off the stage and does this whole, like, dance party on the floor of the arena. It's, it's awesome. He did not spend a lot of money on wardrobe. Because he looks like he lives in the woods. He's, he's playing the part. He's wearing a flannel shirt and blue jeans and some boots. I mean, it's very cool. I mean, I'm not cutting that down, but he looks like he's a man of the woods, and just like the tour. So he's, he's not wearing anything sparkly or anything like that. So I just, I just well, laughed at that. And the last tour was all the suit and tie stuff, right? Yeah, but, right. But this one is very man of the woods, <laughs> which is why, fun fact for you, okay. he's the only other artist to get a camouflage jersey from That's us, right? Because... He was doing the whole camo kind of thing with a lot of the Man of the Woods stuff. That's so right. He also got a camouflage Nisha White Arena jersey along with Blake Shelton. What those two have in common? How Stevie Nicks did not. She got a, a, a St. Patrick's Day. She one. was playing on St. Patrick's. I Day. I remember it was green. Yeah, right. Is, okay. <laughs> she yeah. Did not, she, Stevie doesn't wear a lot of green. No. <laughs> she she did for us. All right, Justin Timberlake, uh, the Man of the Woods tour that's coming up. Yeah, in, it's uh, it's in March here at March. Nationwide Arena. Yeah, yep. so and, and tickets, uh, uh, you know, tickets uh, are available. Uh, you can grab those details at our website. I'm very excited, you know, about Alan Jackson as well, country music hall of famer. A few of his hits, "Don't Rock the Jukebox," uh, "Here in the Real World," "Chattahoochee." Where were you when the world stopped turning? That's a very emotional yeah. song. Uh, looking forward to him coming to the Schottenstein Center. Yeah, he'll be here in May with uh, special guest William Michael Morgan, yep. who's been uh, around a couple times. But the, the show that is killing me right now, and, when, and I, I, I handle the social media side of things uh, for the venue, uh, and when I say killing me, I, I, I literally mean it. Uh, <laughs> it's a real, real. It, it, just because it's, it's, there are occasional moments in arena history where you have an artist at the right time, and it involves a show that parents want to get tickets for their kids. Right. And it was Britney for a while. And it was also uh, it was Miley Cyrus when she was Hannah Montana. That's right. When it was Hannah Montana. And then it was it was Bieber on his first tour. Those, right. those shows, especially where moms and dads want to get tickets yep. for their kids. And I remember it in Illinois. I worked at the University of Illinois before I came here. We did the New Kids on the Block first tour. And uh, the parents were... Actually angry that tickets were twenty five dollars because you know the kids can't afford this and we're not going to watch the you know we have to take the kids and all anyway it ended up <laughs> the the lines back when you had lines there was went around the building and they they met each other they they surpassed each other so there are shows like you're talking about the Bieber the Britney yes. the New Kids all yes. that 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 uh, become 
like out of this world crazy. And right now, this is Jojo Sawa, right? This yes. is who we're talking about. Is, is people are going who? Right. And if you if you don't know who she is, Google her. Uh, and then uh, uh, she's a, a YouTube sensation, a Nickelodeon star. Uh, and, and she is uh, just one of those like really positive teen role model kids uh, who's got some great family positive message music. Uh, it's the Dream Tour, right? And, uh, and, and so she's coming to the Schottenstein Center July 31st. And uh, I am taking nonstop social media interactions from parents who have not used Ticketmaster online ever, maybe not bought right. tickets and they had to wait in line uh, <laughs> outside, of, uh, outside of a mall somewhere in the 80s. Uh, it's, it's just one of those shows where Every, nobody wants to have their kid be left out uh, for this show. So it's a, it's a hot show. Her, she has these hair bows, which yep. is her big thing. Yep. And uh, uh, I don't always get it. But uh. <laughs> but the kids do. These, the girls are going crazy for this show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, this is, this is, this is going to be a, a huge, huge show. She uh, originally launched the tour with a, a few smaller venues, sold out instantly, right? So now they're taking it to the arena level. And it's just it's crazy to see what the, what the numbers already are in this show. So, so our tickets available, I'll tell you what, uh, as the moment we're recording this, uh, yeah, there are. But they were sporadic here and there, and they're always looking at opening more. So check SchottensteinCenter.com, the link there, and that'll show you what's, what's available. Okay, it's it's going to be a hot show. You know, we did Dan and Phil and a couple other YouTubers uh, a few months ago, and it's amazing to me that you can have a YouTube channel and have such a following that you can fill arenas. Oh, you know what? And that's that's one of those things. When I say that I I, I don't I don't get it. I don't. It's not a knock on anybody. What it is, no. it's like I don't get how these people get to be so huge without me even. You know, they no, they're not using the traditional I know. media that we were so used to seeing. You know, nobody used to become a star on on YouTube. Uh, get 16 million video views and then and then uh, uh, go on an arena tour instantly. You know, so it's 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 really neat to see the different ways that people become popular today, and then what catches fire. And right now, right. there's nothing hotter than that JoJo show. Uh, I mean, and, and we announced the show, and 90% of the office said, "Who?" Yeah, right. So, and we're in this business. And then so, a, a couple of the dads who have young daughters were like, "Uh oh, I got to get tickets." Yeah, it's right there. <laughs> they're like uh, Carl Lewis at the. Starting a race. They yeah, no like, kidding. Here we go. Here we go. Should we talk about a couple of our favorite shows uh, before we go? Boy, on it's to a been break? such a great run here. It, the last it couple has. Months. Uh, I've got three favorites. What was your favorite show in recent months? You know, uh, I feel like uh, I'm going to. Uh, uh, I feel like you know what my answer is because uh, okay. we sat together for this one. It Elton John. Let's. Do, I mean, I, and, I, and I'm not. Uh, I'm sure that was on the top of your list as well. But uh, you're, that you're was sure. I think it was. That was a magical night. It was. It was incredible. In fact, uh, producer Oliver was, uh, I sent him out on his own for that show. I said, I'm going to watch every note from start to finish. This is how you're, you <laughs> are going to be able to prove yourself tonight because you're on your own tonight because I am watching this show. A diehard Elton fan, as you know, we talked about it last time, and you and I watched it. And I guess, uh, let me just ask you this. You know, we see a lot of fans of artists where they're so into the artists, that they get emotional yeah, about sure. it. Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, One Direction to some extent. And it becomes like this emotional experience. And I always thought that was kind of goofy. But I will tell you, this concert at the Schottenstein Center on November 2nd, it was an emotional experience. And why do you think that was? I mean, I'm such a big fan, but it was... It was really special. I, you know, I'm not ratting you out, but I saw you, you get emotional, and and, I, and, I, and I've been there at shows myself, right? And it's there is something, especially when it, an artist connects with you, 
from something in your, I think, in your youth. Right, so I think okay. a lot of times when there's that that connection that you somebody that you loved listening to when you were growing up, whether it was high school, college, or middle school, or whatever it was, but where you've got that connection and that song touches you in a way that just hits you in such a deep place. And you know, when when Felton, you know, realizing this may be one of the last times you get to see him live. Yes. Uh, and seeing Elton, right? Uh, I, I will say this as uh, as somebody who's seen I've seen Elton maybe 10, 11 times, nowhere near as many as you, but but. Uh, he was into the show, right? He, he was, was giving it 100%. He was on. Yeah. It was a great show. And you know what I loved about it? A, a couple of uh, the last couple of times I've seen him, it's been kind of a greatest hit show. And those disappoint me. Now, a lot of people listening yeah, sure, are going to yeah. say, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear all the hits. But for me, um, if, if an artist just does their greatest hits, then they kind of become an oldies act. And... I think Elton is still relevant. He still puts out new albums, still has great material. He may not have the number one hits like he did in 1975, but I feel like he's still an artist rather than an oldies act. And so for this show, he did a lot of the big hits that everyone wanted to hear, including me. Yeah. But he did some what, what they call deep cuts. And he did some great uh, kind of classic album tracks like Funeral for a Friend and uh, Take Me to the Pilot. But then he did even some hits that he rarely does, like a song called Believe. Or uh, he did uh, like a 13-minute version of Leave On. That was beautiful. Which was <laughs> awesome because it was like a jam session. Now, the band was great, and he was great, and it was so good. I felt like Elton John, the artist, had returned. Yeah, you know, it's a great way to put it because it was, it was, a, uh, uh, it was a special night. It was a special night. And speaking of special nights, yes. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Like, there's two other shows that I really want to touch yeah. on. I'm, I'm wearing a T-shirt now. This is audio, so you can't see. But I'm wearing a T-shirt of one of those special nights, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, I am telling you. It's called the uh, Not Dead Yet Tour. Appropriately <laughs> named, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna gonna to spill a little backstage okay. tea here, right? So um, we saw Phil backstage at dinner. We did. And, uh, and then later in his evening, we, we had a chance to talk with him and his son in his dressing room. And Phil was moving pretty slow. Right? Pretty slow, and and I thought, how is he gonna how is he gonna perform on stage? How is this gonna how is this gonna work? So when the lights went down, and, and we've seen other artists who move slow backstage, but when it comes to be on, time to be on stage, the boom, adrenaline adrenaline Close, kicks yes. in, and there, yeah. and you would never know. But Phil actually came on stage, kind of walking in that same way he was backstage. He had a cane. He had a cane. He didn't try to hide it. Some artists try to hide that kind of stuff, but he did not hide it. He was with a cane, walked very slowly. And I love that about him. I right? love it too. It's like an honesty about it. He walked out with his cane, sat down on the on the uh, you know the little chair in the in the center stage, the little stool there, and rarely stu stood up only for a couple songs throughout the night in the air tonight. Yeah. And then he did a cool little drum thing with his son, right? But for most of the show, he was seated. And you would think if you told me that, I might be ah, you know. Sounded so good. He did actually. Just you know, we 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 love entertainment, so we talk about everything that we love. I will say, like the first three or four notes of the first song, I was like, "Oh, Phil," but then it kicked in, and the rest of the night he couldn't have been more awesome. Yeah, I tell you, uh, I thought the first couple notes though I was like, "Oh no, Phil." The band, the, <laughs> I you know, I, I don't remember that because maybe I was just too caught up in the moment. But the uh, the band was red hot, right? Including and his son, including his, he's, got a, he's got a seventeen year old son who was playing with him, 
And the kid is uh, just a lot of fun. He's, he's so excited to be on tour with his dad. It's very much, I'm on tour with my dad. You can tell it's still to him. It's still, hey, I'm on tour with my dad. Right? Yep. So, Nicholas. So, but it was uh, a, night of, a night of hits. And, uh, and it was, uh, I, don't, I, I very rarely stick around for a full show. Because, you know, we, we were here for everything. I got to get home and take care of business. But that show I stuck around in. And what a great night it was. It was phenomenal. Yeah. It really was. It was great to see Phil Collins back because he took, what did he take, like 12 years off? Yeah. Something like that. And so when he came back, you know, he had aged. Uh, he had some well-publicized health issues. And uh, so he named the tour and his book called Not Dead Yet. And, uh, and he was Man, was he alive that night? And, it was awesome. Yeah, and you know, kind of like you said though, <laughs> what, what what did it for me was the honesty. The, he yeah. he came out and he said, "Hey, I've had back surgery. I'm I'm we're gonna get through this together tonight." But it brought the whole audience along with him on that ride. Instead of trying to hide it or or not acknowledge it, as some artists do, maybe when they have voice problems, they right. don't even want to talk about it. He just hit it head on, and and from that moment on, as a lot of Phil Collins fans maybe are a couple years older than we used to be, right? We were right there on that page with him. And so we were just went along for the ride, and it just made for a great night. He's one of those artists, too, that you don't realize how many hits they've had until you see them in concert, until yeah. you hear them back to back to back. And then, you know, he did some other tracks, too. He did some fun stuff on the drums, like you said, and a piece with his son. And uh, just an enormous catalog of music and another one of the shows that has this incredible catalog of music and uh, was Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, it was I'm going to a broken record here, right? Yeah. But it was another really amazing night at the arena. And I was nervous, right? Because anytime well, you lose Lindsey Buckingham, right? right? And Fleetwood Mac members have gone, come and gone over the years, right? They have, but most people when they think of Fleetwood Mac, they think of the rumors years, the uh, the uh, the 70s and the 80s hits. Yeah. And so even though there were probably 10 other members of Fleetwood Mac before Lindsay and Stevie Nicks and, and, and all that, uh, that's, the, that's the band that most people know. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and they brought in, to replace Lindsay, they brought in Mike Campbell, who was last here, here last year with Tom Petty. And awesome. And awesome, boy. And they brought in Neil Finn from Crowded House. Who's incredible. Uh, Crowded House, you know, and, and I believe they did Don't Dream It's Over. They absolutely, yeah. And, you know, they had a few hits, and then he was with Squeeze before that. So they brought in two guys with a great resume and great talent. Yeah, and, you know, it was that thing where the show started, and you definitely heard when they were playing, Lindsay wasn't there, especially when it came to his vocal right. parts, right? But it was, it, it, it was still an amazing show, and the band... You know, sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, there's friction within a band, and, and Lindsay's done some interviews where he'll talk about that recently. Um, but the band was playing fresh. They were playing, like, with a new energy. And, and kind of that thing of, like, you know, hey, we're, we're going to have to win you over. We're not able to just come out and play this. We've got we've to earn this. And, and Stevie, one of my favorite comments was from her was right at the beginning of the show when she said, you can say you were here for the beginning of something. And it was yes. the beginning of something new for them. And even though it wasn't quite the same Fleetwood Mac, it was a variation on it, and it was an epic night. The energy was phenomenal, and I heard several people tell me that it was the best concert they'd ever seen. That's always it's always what you love so, to hear, right? When yeah, you, especially when there's a question mark or two. And, uh, and there definitely were some yeah. question marks, and they answered them. And what's really cool is that Christine McVie was back. She had taken a break, and so the last time, the previous time, uh, she had returned, and awesome addition. She was able yeah, to sing right. lead on some of the, the songs that she sang uh, lead vocals on. That was great. So she remained and it just was really a great. Mick Fleetwood is awesome. Stevie Nicks, I mean what can you say? We'll talk about her in a little bit. Um, uh, and, and so the band as a whole was just really good. And John McVie, 
Yeah, right. And and I remember these guys. Just, it was neat to see them just hanging out backstage, right? Just totally uh, relaxed, and and the the band is the whole scene more relaxed. So I do I think next time they come around that Lindsay will probably be back in the band. Absolutely. But then maybe Christine Wilder, who knows what. But, who, who knows? But I mean, it's always fun, and uh, uh, nobody left the house disappointed that night. I just hope Stevie's dogs come with her because she always brings <laughs> she her does. puppies. She does, and yes. they're they're running around backstage, <laughs> kind of funny. So. Uh. Uh, so much cool stuff, and uh, uh, you know, speaking of cool stuff, the Globetrotters yeah. uh, set, just set five new Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, we're going to talk about their latest feats and what we can expect from the, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters when they play the shot December 30th when the Arena Guy talks to Globetrotter Hoops Green. It's coming up on the Arena Guy's Backstage Pass podcast. Having sold more than 100 million records worldwide, the iconic Share returns. Here We Go Again Tour 2019. Performing hits spanning her entire career. Nationwide Arena, February 10th. Featuring special guests, Niall Rogers and Chic. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. The album Dancing Queen is available everywhere now. For more, visit Share.com. New Song presents the 2019 Winter Jam Tour 360. Experience Winter Jam like never before, featuring Newsboys United, Danny Gokey, Mandisa, Rend Collective, Ledger, hosted by New Song, and Holland, speaker Greg Steer and Zane Black. Also introducing pre-jam artist Dan Bremniz, Manic Drive, and Ty Brazel. Only $15 at the door, no tickets required. Get all the info at jamtour.com. What an incredible day this is. Gary the Arena Guy here with Hoops Green as we talk about the Globetrotters coming to the Schottenstein Center December 30th at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. And Hoops, it is great to talk to you. It's great to talk to you, Arena Guy. Um, this tour is called the Fan Powered World Tour. Yep. What does that mean? So we think we have the best fans in the world and we're taking the crowd interaction to another level. Um, throughout the game, I think there's 20, opportun 20 more opportunities where we're bringing the fans and getting them more involved. Um, so that's what I think makes it Globetrotters so special and unique is that, you know, you get to be up close and personal with us. You get to meet us, learn tricks, uh, take pictures, ask questions, and then wow. get involved in the game. So the fans get to meet the players? Yeah. We're all about meeting, meeting our wow. fans. What, what are some of the kids' reactions when they meet the I imagine the adults get excited too because yeah. it's been a part of their lives. But what, do you, I've seen some photos where there's just like wonder in their eyes. Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the kid. There's different, <laughs> you know, you never know. But some are just like, want to ask us so many questions. Um, some want us to teach them a trick. Some are just, just so like shocked and just don't even know what to say. But each, each person is special. Yeah, well, I might have to ask you to teach me a trick later. Okay, I got you. So, um, as fun as the antics are, we talked about this a little bit earlier, the Globetrotters are basketball players first, so the basketball talent is there. Yep. At what point do you bring in the, the routines or a specialty or something that adds to the, the hardcore, incredible playing? Um, so, it's kind of, there's times where, it's, that was probably the most difficult thing for me, is being going from competitive mode yeah. and then going into entertainment mode. So my first year, that was like a bit challenging, but um, just throughout the game during different times, um, we focus on entertaining, going and getting the stand or into the stands and getting the fans and um, interacting with them and putting on a show. But then the next play down, we, we need to go to score. Yeah. You know, we got to lock in and play defense. I mean, 
you still need to beat the generals. Exactly. They're trying to beat us, so we got to make sure. I know. We're... They play hard. They do. <laughs> they, they, do. they do play hard. Uh, and, and the Globetrotters win 99.9% .9 of the time. Um, but has it ever been so close that's made you nervous? Yeah, I mean, there have been games we went into overtime. Yeah. And, yeah, it's always, <laughs> I feel like the games are getting closer and closer. Yeah. Because um, they're a great athletic group and they very are. competitive. I mean, it's good basketball. It is good basketball, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, I've seen some games. I've seen the Globetrotters countless times. But I've seen some games near the end of the game where the Globetrotters get a little more serious. Yeah, we definitely got to lock in. It, you know, if it's a tied game and we need a stop, we got to get a stop. We got to get yeah. still. We have to do something, and we need to go down and get a bucket. Absolutely. So, what is the magic pass? Okay, so the magic pass is it's an hour before the game. Okay. And there will be someone will come out. One of the goal will come out and just do basically like a Q and A. So okay. you can ask them that individual. They'll go back, and then there will be about. Maybe six six globe trotters who come out, and there'll be a, a line set up. You can go to whatever line you want, all the lines, and you can meet a globe trotter. You can learn a trick. You can take pictures, ask questions, and that's where like a lot of the kids go and they have fun and just yeah. interact with us. That's fun. What what a great thing that opportunity that the globe trotters give the fans because the fans are so into the team. Yeah, a lot of. You know, it's for everybody, yeah. and even not even just the kids. Okay. They enjoy it, but everybody enjoys it. But that gives you even more of an opportunity yeah. to meet us personally, and it's less crowded, and you can just ask whatever you want to ask. Yeah, and and I get the adult part uh, of, of being a fan because I told you earlier that I grew up watching the Globetrotters, and I've been a fan since I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember when my parents took me to see the Globetrotters at a high school gymnasium in Rockford, Illinois, okay. and Curly Metalark were playing, uh, among others, and. Uh, it's one of the great memories of my childhood. Yeah, I would say that it's almost kind of like the introduction to the game of basketball. I think like so. People take their kids or grandkids at a young age. I saw them when I was six, and it just shows you that basketball can be fun. You know, you have a competitive aspect of it, but you can be fun and have fun at the same time and joke around. Yeah. So tell me uh, about the Flying Globies, too. They're a kind of a new addition and it's such a fun part of the show of the game I guess you'd say yeah so those guys are really athletic um, they go you'll see them throughout the game they'll come out maybe during a halftime or certain plays and they'll just set up their trampolines and then you'll just see them just taking off flipping around flipping dunking they're really <laughs> impressive and athletic so this might be the most simple basic question that you can be asked but this is your opportunity to tell people what can people expect when they come see the Globe Charter December 30th at the Schottenstein Center? What can they expect and uh, just how much fun is it going to be? I mean, it's going to be a blast. That's why you have to bring the entire family. Yeah. It's for everybody. Everybody enjoys it no matter the age. You can see the dunks, the trick shots, the cool ball handling, but it's also just memories that will last a lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Globe Trotters, December 30th at 1 p.m. and 6 p.m. right here at the Schottenstein Center. Country's newest superstar, Luke Combs. Beer Never Broke My Heart Tour. Schottenstein Center, Friday, February 22nd. With special guests, Lanco and Jameson Rogers.
Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. The album This One's For You Too is available everywhere now. There's more at LukeCombs.com. Weezer. Pixies. On tour together. March 19th, Schottenstein Center. Weezer. Pixies. With a special guest. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Don't miss out. Hi, everybody. This is Olympic gold medalist Nasty Lucan. Be sure to listen to the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with Gary, the Arena Guy, and Dave Redelberger. She was in town, actually, uh, before we did the uh, U.S. Uh, gymnastics. Yeah, that was yeah. a great event. It, it really was. was. That was neat. That was one of those ones I went home and watched uh, as they broadcasted on TV the next yeah. day, and uh, or it was that evening, and it was, it was really cool. Yeah, she's she's great. And Hoops Green, it was, it was really nice to talk to her. She was in town last How week. How nice was she? She was awesome. You know, she's the 15th female globetrotter in the history of the team. And uh, to show you, I don't mean to age myself, <laughs> but when I worked in Illinois, I worked with the first female globetrotter, Lynette Woodard. Oh, wow. And Hoops was telling me that she, Lynette is one of her heroes, but she's never met her. And I said, well, you need to meet her. because she's That's pretty cool. She's awesome. So That's pretty cool. Yeah, so she uh, is was really great. And she tried to teach the arena guy a few tricks. Uh, some of that will be posted you on the videos, guy. right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The Arena Guy Facebook page. You'll see uh, some uh, of the Arena Guy's basketball ability or lack thereof uh, coming up. Uh, uh, anytime. Just check out the Arena Guys Facebook page. Yeah, that show uh Globetrotters are here for two games on December thirtieth. And it's you know, it's a real, you know, family tradition uh in, in my family that we always go to the Globetrotter games every year at Christmas time. And and if you got if you have kids or grandkids or nephews or nieces, uh it's just so much fun, right? I just I I remember my mom and dad took me to see the Globetrotters when I was a kid. And again, I'm aging myself because on the team at that time was Curly Neal and Meadowlark Lemon. <laughs> Years later was a thrill when I got to work with, with Curly Neal when he came in to uh, promote uh, an upcoming Globetrotter event. But, uh, yeah, how I much fun. I think we've all got some Curly stories that we can't share. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Curly, let me tell you. <laughs> It's not a secret. He's a diva. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Rightfully, I mean, if you were in a Scooby-Doo cartoon, man, if you were, if they turned you into a Scooby-Doo cartoon, <laughs> man, go for it. You'd be a diva. Curly's an awesome guy. Awesome, awesome guy. So looking forward to that uh, December 30th. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, aging yourself. So I got it. There's something that's kind of, it, it's bugging me, if you don't mind me okay. bringing it up here. But as we talk about this, and and, and, and by the way, if, if aging ourselves wasn't already talking about uh, uh, how much we love Fleetwood Mac, Elton John, and, <laughs> right. and uh, Phil Collins, uh, but but one of the things that I've noticed is I'm doing my holiday gift shopping, and uh, uh, it's it's killed me the other day. I'm I'm at uh, a major retailer that I won't name. It rhymes with Smarget. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I wanted to go buy a couple of, of CDs for my wife. My wife is one of those rare. I guess I guess one of those rare human beings who still listens to CDs, yeah. right? And. Uh, wanted to get her the Star is Born soundtrack right. and the soundtrack for uh, Greatest Showman. Right. right? And, Both and she, excellent. She will get, she's one of the people who will have uh, a CD in her car and she will listen to it for three to four months on an end and then she'll get a different <laughs> CD. She just listened to it over and over again. God bless her, right? Right. And uh, uh, I went to where the CD section was. And I've over the years, I've gotten used to the CD sections getting smaller. 
but it was down to a a couple of shelves, and I not even like a not a, not a rack. I mean a shelf, yeah. right where the CDs were just kind of like stuck in little piles. By the way, they didn't have either CD. They were both sold out. I got an Amazon to buy the CDs because I thought, okay, I'm old fashioned, and Amazon was sold out of both. Right, so Amazon, it was like you can get this, but it's going to be in, delivered in six weeks. And I thought, where have we gone in music that I can't buy a, a CD anymore? I know, um, at, at kind of the same thing. I was at, uh, I won't say the name, but it rhymes with uh, Quest Guy, <laughs> um, and I was also at uh, Small Bart. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. Okay, I got gotcha. <laughs> you. But uh, the, they they used to have these little sections where they would have like five dollar CDs and like the top ten. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Even that's down to nothing. And and you know, I, I got a, a new car a year and a half ago. No CD player in the car. <gasps> oh. I begged to pay extra for a CD player in the car. So yeah, what is happening here? Um, you know, I try to support the brick and mortar stores because yeah. It's really tough for retailers right now because the online business is so strong. So I try to support them, but when they don't have what you're looking for, it's really hard. You know, I, I'm going to uh, just live, turn away with me, if you don't mind, back okay. to the, the days of, <laughs> of there was nothing better than going to a record store and spending an hour, oh. right, looking through their, 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 you know, it was records, and then it was, I never really got into cassettes too much, but then your records and then and, and CDs, but but looking for the, you were hunting for those songs, that album you couldn't find at that rare import, or, or just discovering something new that, there. That was me. If I was bored, I would go to a, a, a record store, which includes CDs. Yeah, right, sure. And just discover, to find that, Unusual album or or recording that you didn't even know existed. There was almost no greater thrill. And you know, and you and with the, the thrill of discovery, uh, you you would, you would see an album cover, and you wouldn't even know who the artist was. But there was something about the album cover, and then you'd hold it in your hands and you'd flip it over and you look at the song. And something about that would would grab would grab your yes. interest. And and uh, you know, you would just find a whole new artist uh, uh, that way. And again, now it's so easy to discover I mean it's easier to discover new music I guess because everything is out there and at the touch of your fingers but you lose the thrill of the hunt and you lose that investment in the music when you would uh, when you would actually buy the album and hold it in your hands I just feel there was a there was a physical connection with you and that and that album and uh, I think a lot of that's lost now totally and when you uh, download a song you don't get the liner notes no you don't get the photos you don't get the album cover artwork that you're talking about you don't get the inserts that they often had in and you don't you just miss all that i used to be able to tell you uh, just from a record cds you kind of lost a little bit of it but i would see on the record i would know the label i would um, know who the artist uh, recorded for who the songwriter was what was the a side what was the b side because who it was on the label it? who produced it all that stuff with cds the cd went inside a machine so you lost that you did lose that a little bit yeah. but still you could hold it you could read the liner notes even though they were smaller and, uh, and there was that, nothing like cutting open some new vinyl oh and that gosh. plastic wrap off, right? And then you pull out the, the sleeve and the lyrics are all there. And, and, and there were no distractions, right? I mean, maybe, maybe mom yelling up at you from downstairs, right? <laughs> or little brothers, right? But, but you would sit there and you would you'd listen to the record and you would just stare at the liner notes. And, uh, and it was a, a 
glorious. Remember occasionally, though, you'd get a record and it wouldn't have any liner notes. I know. It would have that just that plain white toilet pa- thin toilet paper You sleeve. felt cheated. And you did feel cheated. Yeah. You were like, oh, oh man. man. So... But no, and 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 it's funny because even in those days, right? Even the days of browsing, like you know, you had you had Borders, or you had Best Buy, or you had Media Play with these giant CD selections. Media Play, yes. Right. Uh, I felt like Borders was the best place to go for discovery because they carried. They had a some, deep catalog. They had a deep catalog, yeah. yeah. And and the others kind of did, but they were more mass appeal. But Borders went a little bit deeper. You know, and even here here in town, uh, you know, whether it was, you know, used kids record stores or Magnolia, uh, Thunder Pussy, which were great local music stores, right, where you could buy buy stuff. And, and you know, and I still see folks keeping that, that brick and mortar thing alive, right? They're yeah. still trying to, to keep that rocking. And, and uh, uh, kudos to them, but... Uh, it, it's tough, man. It's just an interesting time for, uh, for for music, which is why the live music scene is so is so big for artists these days. I was just going to say that. It, it benefits our careers because <laughs> artists no don't kidding. make as much money on the recordings as they used to, so they tour. And uh, a lot of times when they tour, they sell their CDs for like 10 bucks because, yeah. you know, remember it used to be 25 or 30 or something. Oh, yeah, especially, yeah, for yeah, sure. Especially at a venue. So uh, I feel you, and I, I've noticed that too, that CDs are going by the wayside. And I think it's kind of sad. Do you think I can still get a CD player installed in my car, or is that going by the wayside, too? I, I imagine that's going to go by the wayside. I, I, I recently converted all my music to digital. Oh, that's which, sad. Which I did, though. And, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I carry everything around on a little USB now, and, and I, I, I'm enjoying it. It works, but I do miss that physical connection. I still have a hard time paying for digital music. I still want to have that, that, that purchase in my hand when I'm actually buying something. I totally agree. You've got a little USB, and I've got uh, a record collector. I'm a record collector so i've got about ten thousand. i will tell you and it takes up the whole basement and you've got a little usb that covers the same amount of music and you can put it in your pocket oh right it's crazy <laughs> no it's absolutely true i was able to take a whole an entire wall of my house that was nothing but uh this giant cd rack and and put it on a hard drive yeah the this the size of a slice of bread Kind of crazy. Well, I guess uh, welcome to the modern age. No, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but that's why tickets these days, for music fans who can't find the CD, hey, you know what makes a great holiday gift? Tickets. Tickets, nothing like the live event that does that. And uh, uh, speaking of uh, live events, WWE is coming up soon. And the WWE Holiday Tour uh, specifically is coming to Nationwide Arena December 27th. It's coming up next on the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast. Pop Sensation, Ariana Grande, live in concert. The Sweetener World Tour 2019. Schottenstein Center, April 10th, with very special guests. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. The number one selling album, Sweetener, is available everywhere. There's more at ArianaGrande.com. Cirque du Soleil presents Crystal, a breakthrough ice experience. Crystal from January 23rd through 27th at Nationwide Arena. Tickets at CirqueDuSoleil.com. Get in the game at the Harlem Globetrotters Live. Experience the most entertaining basketball on the planet. At this amazing, unforgettable game, you won't just be watching the action, you'll be in the middle of it. On a night filled with shooting stars, the one who shines brightest could be you. 
playing two games at the Schottenstein Center Sunday, December 30th. Get your tickets through Ticketmaster today. Mumford & Sons, Delta Tour 2018-2019, a groundbreaking new show in the round. The Grammy Award-winning band play songs from their smash debut album, Sigh No More. Their number one albums, Babel and Wilder Mind, right through to this year's new album, Delta. Mumford & Sons celebrate their return with a massive world tour. March 11th, Nationwide Arena. Tickets on sale now at MumfordAndSons.com. Mumford and Sons, uh, boy, they were just great on Saturday Night Live last weekend. They really were. They were they were really good. I'm excited for that show. That's that's doing well. And that's one of those uh, that is definitely in the round and uh, different. I'm, I'm just, it's March at Nationwide Arena. Tickets available. <laughs> yeah, and you know we're talking about a lot of shows. If you want to get all the details, feel free to go to SchottensteinCenter.com or NationwideArena.com. You can always check out the arena guy as well on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, I mean we we you know and and it's where you know obviously we have the the links there for you to learn about the shows but also what you can and can't bring into the shows and then uh you know when you go to Ticketmaster, you can see the the map and layout for the different shows so you can pick your seats it's so cool now the interactive seat maps where you can uh, actually like look around and yeah. and pick exactly where you want to sit which is so big and, and uh, um you know it's so important for so many of these shows especially as you know it's it's a it's an interesting time in the arena business where we are looking at a lot of artists who have been arena acts for our lifetime, right? right? Who are who are now saying, "Hey, this is our farewell tour," right? And so, will is it really their farewell tour? I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of stories of artists who've announced farewell tours that have not necessarily been their farewell tours. Well, let's just be upfront. We're doing a couple of them. Cher, this is probably her fourth farewell tour. Yeah, and yeah, thankfully absolutely. she keeps coming back because her shows are among the most awesome shows you'll ever see. Kiss. Yep. <laughs> I remember working in Illinois, we did their first farewell tour in 1999. <laughs> 1999. They claim that this is really the end of the road. Yeah, right. Which is the name of their tour. Which is the end of, which which is is the tour. Uh also uh you know Seeger who says uh this is his uh his last time out. Uh, and of course Elton, you know, who was just here, you know, this is the uh the never ending uh, uh <laughs> farewell tour, but but it's underway and and the thing is is like Absolutely. You take it with a grain of salt, right? Because some folks kind of, you know, say, well, we're you know, kind of what George Strait did. We're not going on tour, but we may come back, uh, you know, doing individual things where we may not. Which but is I, what Elton says. But I'm telling you it. what, Gene Simmons isn't going to be able to put on that 60-pound costume for many more years. Right. Right. And, and uh, Seeger, who had some back problems, which is why, he'll, I mean, he'd be the first one to tell you that's why he wasn't able to hear, hear last time. You know that, you know, even if there is one more chance to see him down the road someplace, this very well could be your last chance to see that. Who would have thought that when we had Tom Petty here a couple years ago, right? or last just well, last year, right? A different story. But Yeah. Yeah, and he didn't bill that as a final tour, as an anniversary tour, but still, uh, you know, circumstances were... He was were, playing it, man, like it was his it last was show, right? It was just awesome. awesome, awesome. It was awesome. So we've got uh, coming up, uh, you know, you talked about Elton, his 300-date, uh, uh, three-year-plus, uh, keeps adding dates, on his farewell tour. Right. He's going to do the George Strait thing, like we said. He's going to play here and there. He's still going to record albums. He's still going to write his Broadway musicals. He's writing a Broadway musical f based on the movie Devil Wears Prada. Oh wow! Coming up, and uh, the movie on his life is coming up. So he's still going to be very active creatively. I want to do. I want to do what Elton did, right? Where I'm going to tell my wife, "Hey, I need to spend more time at home with you." So I'm going to go spend the next three years on the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See if I can get away with that, right? Yeah. How does that work? I 
family's so important, right, that I definitely need to focus on all things family, so that's the most important thing. So to prove that point, I'm going to go spend three years on the road. <laughs> yeah, three years plus. And Seeger, you know what, uh, he really wanted to play the last time. I mean, all the concession stands, the merch stands, the stage was set up, everything was all ready to go, and it wasn't until late afternoon that day that he finally determined he just couldn't do it. But, man, he wanted to. Let me tell you, you know, and, and this, is, this is what's great about Seeger. Is I I'm you know the room where it happens right I'm, I'm backstage with with uh, uh, with Bob's manager and uh, some other a couple other key folks and we're talking about what's going to happen tonight and you know the the discussion is you know Bob has hurt his back and what are we going to tell the public and that there was never a moment of debate because so many times you and I are in this business right production difficulties is uh, is a is a thing that you hear from time to time and the, and sometimes it's true right don't give Some, away the secret sometimes no sometimes <laughs> there are production difficulties I, i'll tell you a few examples where there have been for sure but everyone but but bob was like no bob has always been honest with the fans and tell them what's going on 100% and so they didn't try to hide that he wasn't feeling it just he owned up to it and uh, uh, and then, you know, working every day since then for him to get healthy and get back on the road. And and I am excited for that night here uh, uh, in January. It's going to be great. And then since he announced he was coming back, he announced this is his last tour. So last chance to see him, really, in Columbus. So that's uh, kind of sad. But, you know, as rock and roll ages. With some of those know, artists, right, yeah. Yeah, and Cher. Uh, the tour's called Here We Go Again. So she's laughing at herself. <laughs> right, no doubt about she's it. She's laughing at herself that, yes, she's announced uh, farewell tours in the past, but she's coming back. I think a lot of it, too, and I don't know what you think about this, but it's so ingrained into their being. It's in their blood so much yeah. that when they do take um, time off or they retire, and they really mean it, I believe a lot that they really do mean it, but then they miss it. Or something exciting happens, like they put out a new album, and it's like, I really want a tour to support this, and then it happens. You know, you're so right, and and at the time it feels right. Like uh, Motley Crue, Motley Crue played has played Columbus four thousand yep. times, right? <laughs> and I've been there for most of the shows. And then their last tour, they're like, "This is not just a farewell tour. We're signing a contract that we will never ever play again after this yeah. tour." And they it's have true. since not played again. I got to tell you what, I'd love to see Motley Crue. I'd love to see them come back through and, and all their sloppiness and and mess. It just I, there's something they bring that that nobody else does that uh, is definitely uh, uh, missing from the road. So I'm glad I got to see the, those shows, uh, and, and it's why these shows uh, that are these rock spectacles, right? Because a lot of times a band like Kiss is a rarity, right? There's right. there's nothing quite like a like a Kiss show. There will, there will there will never be another Kiss. There will never be another Kiss and what's why I'm so excited. I'm going to bring my 16-year-old son, right? Because I feel like he needs to see a Kiss show, right? This is one of the great things. This is why Dave is a great dad. <laughs> He's a great rock and roll dad because he shares his love for this music with his boys and I think that's awesome because by the time they may get to the age where they might typically appreciate music other than what their peers are listening to, like the older rock and roll and stuff. They're probably going to be gone touring, so you're giving them the chance to see them now. Yeah, you know, that, that, I think it's so important. You know, it's the same reason we went and saw you know McCartney when, when he was here. And the Beach Boys, right? And the Beach Boys we saw last year. And I know you did some of this with your son as well. It's just that thing of, of these are people you're always going to be able to go see the hot new artist, right? But there are certain acts that while you're you know, 14, 15, 16, you may not fully appreciate at the time. Right. But looking back on it, you're going to have that thing of, I am so glad that I got a chance to see that. Because, because there, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a special time in music, right, where, where 
those artists are, are you know again saying farewell in a lot yes. of cases and the chance to see them live is uh is just it's something special and when you can share it with uh whether it's your son or your daughter or your brother or you know uh i remember taking my mom to see mccartney did you really uh, here at the shot before i worked here i brought her to the to a show and my mom had never seen him live and she was the one who introduced me to the beatles and when you can do that for somebody and have that shared experience that to me is the best thing in life and you introduce your uh, your boys to the Beatles to drive them to school. I remember you used to do that. Yeah, you know, here's <laughs> the thing, right? You know, it is uh, uh, it's awesome. Once once the you know, obviously we've talked in the past that we have radio in our blood. So yes. nobody wants to listen to me do a radio show in a morning. You know, I used to have a morning show here in Columbus, and I can't do that anymore. But my sons have to suffer through a morning show on the way to school every morning, <laughs> where I play them songs <laughs> from my USB drive, right? Yeah. And I play them songs, and I have to give them the history. So we did a, a Beatles song of the day, where every day we went through the entire Beatles catalog, uh, from the from chronologically all the way through the anthology albums, right? Yep. Of where we'd play a different song every day. I'd talk about who wrote it, who performed the song, kind of the history of how that got written, the earlier versions. And uh, uh, my older son definitely got huge into it. My younger son, you know, put up with me. Well, uh, he's still young, um, but yeah, he's just ten. So, uh, the, but <laughs> he'll get. I'm sure we'll, you know, we're going to repeat it again soon when he gets to be a teenager. We'll uh, we'll restart the catalog. So. That's so fun. McCartney so. keeps on going. Ringo still is going. Uh, he's doing another of his all-star band tours. McCartney just announced another tour. Uh, but then you hear people like Paul Simon calling it quits. Um, gosh, Neil Diamond. Uh, right. Yeah. Sure. For health reasons. Uh, and health stuff. reasons. Yeah. He just cut it off and there's a whole bunch of people that are doing that so it's like gosh see some of these legends while you can yeah the paul simon one is one that definitely yeah. uh, uh i'm hoping isn't, isn't true because we didn't we didn't get a date on that farewell right. tour and uh we came close i know we came really close but uh uh you know i of course he's played here a number of times and getting to see simon and garfunkel here uh, at the schottenstein center was an uh, just a huge night when they brought the everly brothers out on stage i'm so jealous everly brothers on stage with simon and garfunkel i mean Again, again, revealing my age, but uh, that was that was great. I'm and jealous. Simon and Garfunkel, that would be awesome. And uh, s since then, one of the Everly Brothers passed away, so that won't happen again. That was that had to be incredible. But it, it's why when you talk about these farewell tours, you just don't take your chances. I, again, I was not working here at the shot when that tour came through, and it was the night of the show. And tickets had been. Uh, I just got online, and I was like, "Are there? Is there anything left?" And uh, I just felt like historically, I needed to see that show because I felt like I may not get a chance to see it ever again. And and boy, I, I'm sure I'm glad I did. Which is why when we're talking about, you know, whether it's Elton or Seeger or Cher or Kiss, you know, uh, I'm not selling tickets uh, to you when I'm telling you you need to see these shows if you haven't seen them before. Selling experiences, right. you know. And so many of these artists that we're talking about are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And what's really uh, uh, fun every year. I guess it's fun. It 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 <laughs> it, uh, it certainly instigates yeah. arguments. But uh, each year, when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, inductees for the current class, the 2019 class was announced this morning. Um, it, it certainly people argue about it. The the list this year includes Stevie Nicks. Yep. Which is awesome. I, th I feel like that's deserved. Absolutely, as a solo artist, for she, sure. Yeah, she's already in for Fleetwood Mac, and she is the first female artist to join the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame twice, a second uh, really? time. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. There are a whole bunch of other uh, male artists who are in, you know, the, all four of the Beatles are in individually and with the group, and, and Eric Clapton and others who have been in multiple groups or in groups and gone solo. Um, also, Janet Jackson made it. 
And Janet, of course, was just here what, a little, little, just about a year ago. Yeah, and you're drinking uh, water out of your Janet Jackson. State of the world coffee mug. Which was the tour that we did. <laughs> so people are arguing about that one. We can talk about that in, this, in a second. Radiohead, which we just did, yep. will be in the new class. The Cure. Def Leppard, we've done many times. We did them recently. Roxy Music and the Zombies are the seven acts that will be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They have a fan vote now, and that's how Bon Jovi got in. Uh, Def Leppard won the fan vote, so oh, that, that got covered. Is that, okay, very yeah. cool. I love that. So that's this year's class. What are your thoughts? You know, it, again, who, who we, does... We will, if I can interrupt yeah, you one sure. second, yeah. we will argue about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and argue, I don't mean it in a negative way, we will discuss the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and who's in, who maybe shouldn't be or who should be in, and all that kind of stuff in the, probably our next podcast. But what's your reaction to this year's uh, lineup? You know, it, it, it always surprises me sometimes that the newer artists, and when I say newer, I still consider like Def Leppard a newer artist, yeah. right? In some ways, because, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to me was the, you know, was the Beatles and it was Otis Redding and it was uh, so many of, of those acts. And so uh, when you get into acts who had their peak popularity in the 80s, and all of a sudden they're in the Rock Hall of Fame, or even like a Radiohead, right? right? And you kind of go, well, they're in the... But, it, it, you know, these, these kind of things make sense. So uh, that said, I think it's a great class. It, there's some, there's some, really, some really nice highlights in it's there. It's one of the better classes in recent years. I've been disappointed the past couple of years. Uh, just to clarify, to be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, artists must have released their first commercial, not uh, their own recording, but the first commercial recording, at least 25 years before the year of nomination. So wow. 1993 is the okay. earliest these artists could be nominated. So uh, I guess my reaction is uh, Stevie Nicks, like it, deserves it. Janet Jackson, fine, is she rock and roll? So That's the, so always the, a debate, right? The That's always is, a debate. The question is, how do you define rock and roll? If this was the Music Hall of Fame, she should have been in years ago. Yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I love Janet Jackson. Every time that we announce we're doing her, we've announced doing her more than we've actually <laughs> done her. Um, That's true. I presented her. But, uh, uh, it, it, but is it, it rock and roll? Is it rock and roll? Right. She's I mean, a great she, pop and R&B artist. And she's had some great rock tracks, oh. you know, like you know, Black Cat, uh, just one of my favorites. But uh, it's that thing of, yeah, is she, is she rock and roll? But you would not argue, though, that... that the Jackson Five, right? I oh, mean, absolutely, right? And then, uh, and then, then you're gonna go well. Well, then Michael, if Jackson Five, of course, you don't want to overlook Michael. And if Michael got in, I guess Janet, you know, right? So it kind of, I guess if they induct Jermaine, they've gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> if Tito, get, good if, if, if Tito, Tito gets in, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I, I know the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is is not only for rock music, but it's for their influence yeah, sure. on rock music, and maybe the culture. And that sort of thing. But then you have people like Joan Baez, great artist. Does she belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Does Hank right, Williams sure. belong in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? They definitely belong in the Music Hall of Fame. Yeah. So I wonder. Radiohead made it. Uh, you know, it's not my favorite kind of music, but my gut tells me that their influence and their contribution to rock music and that the genre of music that they perform probably... Deserve to be yeah there. right. I mean, they're, you know, they're you know, I think they're probably on the on the early edge of, of stuff that and, and you know, like a Def Leppard, right? Def Leppard has never been a band that's been a critical darling, which is why they're a, a, a fan a fan vote in. Right. Well, I'm going to tell you from the show I saw here at the shot, that was a, one of the best rock shows we've had in the arenas in a long time. Totally agree. So there have been acts like Bon Jovi, Journey, Def Leppard that have incredible mass appeal, but aren't really. 
critic favorites. Right. So they haven't been getting in until just recently. There's been a little turn, like, you know, how much... It's kind of like the Grammys are supposed to be for artistic integrity, not necessarily record sales. So this, the induction of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is for their artistic contributions, maybe more than just because somebody sells 100 million records doesn't mean that they're a great artist. But, so, it, but it also doesn't make them any less artistic, too. But so it, right? You write a song yeah, like Don't Stop Believing, right? You write an amazing song like that. And, you know, and, and, and yes, we've all heard it 100 billion times. Yeah. But doesn't, it didn't have to be a great song to get to that point in the first place? Yeah. So, I mean, people argue this all the time, and it's fun to argue it, and we will do it coming up, too. Uh, yeah, we got to do a, we got to do a whole show about we, this we because will. I definitely have some lo- lots of thoughts on this. Roxy Music, Brian Ferry and Roxy Music made it in. Yeah, I, sure. I know the critics always uh, liked them. They probably were more loved by critics than maybe the charts. That's one of those. That's one of those. Yes, absolutely. You no, know, they they had a few hits, but they were kind of dance pop, kind of prog, pop rock, prog, kind of pop, glam, rock, glam, yeah. glam rock, right, glam. Yeah, there you go. Uh, that kind of thing, and the zombies, which. Okay, I, I'm going to have to do a little more research. I know the zombies from She's Not There and uh, Tell Her No and Time of the Season, and those are like three hits, but there's so many people that I feel deserve to be in. First, I got to know Keith Emerson pretty well from Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Why in the world are they not in? Okay. But that's, yeah, that's right, for sure. the no. next one. Yeah, sure, I hear, but, I hear. Hey, what so, you're saying. So the zombies, in my mind, they had three hits, and they made it in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So was their influence so great that it got them in? I don't know. You ask the average person down the street if they know who the zombies are, they're going to think of a TV show and not uh, not a music act. So I no, don't know. and that's and that's you're absolutely right. And that, and that doesn't mean they should be overlooked, but it, right. it's just it's just that whole thing of it is a it is a odd thing, and a lot of the musicians struggle with this as well. It's an odd thing about who should and and shouldn't be uh, allowed in. And uh, there's no doubt when you when Stevie did her last solo tour, right when she got up there and she told those stories about how she wrote her songs and kind of walked, walked you through her catalog. She belongs in there. And I, and I feel totally like she is, she is a, a we, we, we've talked to many times uh, off microphone about what makes somebody an icon, right. what makes someone a legend. And, you know, we, we toss those words around sometimes carelessly. Uh, and and there, are, there are very few people that actually have really deserve those titles. Right. And, and then you see them live and you see them in person and you kind of go, Wow, that was kind of a legendary performance by Def Leppard, right? Mm-hmm. I and and I, just you maybe not have felt that way about that band before, but you see them and you go, wow, that that was awesome. And then again, people's perspective on music is 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 so different too. When you look at, we've talked about this. Is people when you were if you were born, you know, in uh, in the seventies, you really only had maybe half the 50s and the 60s before you that was that's your music history you're born today you know people that are 20 years you know 20 years old today who are listening to music they've got a low music from the you know the the 90s the 80s the 70s the 60s the 50s and today too and it's like it's such a why it's such a different perspective on things mm-hmm. so when they're looking at who are hall of fame artists to them you know or and 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 it's a totally different way of, of looking at the world it is and then I said, <laughs> "Don't sound so defeated." No, I mean it's just it's exhausting to think uh, who really. I think they let uh, when when the Hall of Fame let a couple borderline people in, it kind of opened the doors. Open the doors to even go more borderline. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like John Prine, yeah, great artist, um, was missed it this year. Is he rock and roll though? But I'm going to tell um, you though, the, the the challenge would be if they kept it to rock, if they kept it just to rock and roll. 
then in 25 years, who would be eligible from today? Yeah, I know. Right? You got a Mumford and Sons, right? But those are those are the exceptions, right? Those are the bands, you know, uh, whether it's Ed Sheeran, a, a rock artist. I know. Right? And and no doubt in 25 years, he, sh- he should be considered. Uh, including no doubt. And, uh, <laughs> They're a ska band. They put you know, the, 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 cool thing, the cool thing about rock and roll is that there are rock artists that have influences uh, with country music, and there's rock artists that have inc- influences with Motown and R&B and, and rock artists who have influence from other rock artists. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many influences, so I kind of get that. But if you start opening the doors too wide, then you just start – Start wondering. So I challenge you next time. Okay, all right. When we have this discussion, to come up with a list of people that you feel uh, artists who you feel have been overlooked, who should come in, and maybe I don't know if you want to even look at the list and say, is this really Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right. These are great musicians. Nobody's arguing whether these musicians are not great or not, but are are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, justifiably. You know, I th- I think of um, Neil Diamond. We both are big Neil Diamond fans. Absolutely. Last time we played the shot, we were both thrilled. If you didn't get a chance to see Neil Diamond live, you really missed out because, you know, it was just, just a, an amazing, unique experience. Absolutely and totally. But is Neil Diamond today, with the sparkly shirts and kind of the Vegasy feel to his shows, <laughs> a rock artist? I think of him more as a middle-of-the-road artist. But if, you, if he quit recording, say, in 1974 and didn't do anything afterwards, he would have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a lot earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Because he, he was a songwriter in the Brill Building. He wrote for other artists, including the Monkees and others, and yeah. uh, uh, who might – you can argue whether the Monkees – that's one we can argue too next time about <laughs> the Monkees. But um, he was such a great songwriter and had early rock hits. Yeah. The group Chicago, um, the reason they got in so late, I feel, is because of the later day stuff. Because the Peter Cetera uh, – Peter Cetera – schmaltzy ballad stuff yeah, sure. which, which is still good music and it went number one and top ten and all yeah. that but if it was just the Chicago with the brass and kind of the jazzy feel to it all they would have been in Instant a long consideration. time consideration absolutely right and you, you know even when you talk about artists like Rod Stewart oh, yeah. or I'm going right. to tell you, you know, your good buddy Elton John right when I worked classic rock radio I worked at you know uh, uh, first there, year inductee I might add there was there was a lot of discussion <laughs> about whether those artists were rock artists anymore oh. and, and, and those kind of things and uh, no, it's just well, it was, I would argue it was a dis- I, well, absolutely, but it was <laughs> it was a discussion to be had about uh, uh, you know an artist and and when they had gotten to, when their image had gotten you know to Lion King, uh, well, <laughs> you know there's that, a part of that yeah. that, that there was that thing of uh, are they still a rock artist yeah and what's still rock and so well again it's definitely we yeah. know, we know, I, I could go on for a while and, about and this. I could too uh, I, I think a lot of it is attitude. There's a rock and roll attitude, and that's also part of the mix. So we'll talk about that coming up uh, in one of our future podcasts. No, and, and, and let me add this to the list, too. Okay. Uh, people who have a problem with country music because it's not real country, that's, that's another one. That's another one we needed to see because it, it's, it's in that same genre of what's rock and roll. It should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Every time, as the guy who does social media, every time we post about an artist, that's not real country. doesn't matter who it is. Somebody posted that about George Strait. They got on the George Strait and said, "This isn't real country." And oh, I thought, "Give I me thought, well, a what break." What is what is George Strait defines country right. music. He is the king of country. So it was, we, <laughs> I have some thoughts on on again what defines that genre and uh, 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 and how people look at, well, look at that kind of fun. Let's do that also in a future podcast <laughs> because there are a lot of country acts that we do that are more rock and roll than country. Oh yeah, and and are more that are that would have been definitely uh, a a 
a almost a hair metal or a, uh, yeah. a pop metal act in the 80s that's right. country music now. Yeah. So before we go to our last break, let's just touch on some of the, the cool, exciting events coming up. Let's just mention a few. You can get them all at theshotsteincenter.com or nationwidearena.com, but let's mention a few. Yeah, you know, right away, you know, it's coming up the day after Christmas. Uh, you know, and, and that's the nice thing, that day after that week between Christmas and New Year, we have a, a three uh, act shows that are, you know, uh, great activities to get the family out of the house. Starting off the 26th with Trans excuse me, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Uh, that show, uh, it's two shows at, at Nationwide, and always a, just a huge family tradition that is a, a, a rock spectacle. Christmas Eve, it's called, so yeah, you're still in the Christmas uh, feel. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Christmas, it's, it'll it, be fun. It's a, lot, it's a lot of fun, and if you've never been, it's a, it's a great time to take the family to that. Then the next day, uh, WWE, yes. right? We, we turn things <laughs> right around our, our, our poor staff. Uh, they've got to they've clear up uh, everything from TSO and turn around and bring in the ring. And WWE Live, the holiday tour there uh, on the 27th, which is a lot of fun. Absolutely. And then we've got, we already we talked to uh, Hoops Green earlier, the Harlem Globetrotters on the 30th. Globetrotters on the 30th uh, at the shot. And uh, again, two games on that day. Uh, always fun time for the family uh, and, and a lot of reasonable price tickets uh, for all those events. But especially the Globetrotters, you can get in and, and, and bring the family. And then we're right into the new year, right? So we're right into January where we're, we've got we've got Winter Jam uh, at the shot. We've got Bob Seeger at Nationwide. we got Cirque du Soleil doing Crystal, all, all those shows. In, First in, Cirque show on ice. Yeah, right. So Same athleticism, acrobatics, music, storyline, all that great stuff, imagery that you see, but ice is an added thing to this, this production. I've seen so many different Cirque productions over the years. I always walk away thinking, how did how did that come together, right? And so I'm really excited yes. to see this. It's definitely uh, uh, the, the previews that I've seen have, have a real wow factor to it. So that's just in January, and then the year really explodes from that point. Everything from you know Cher to Ariana Grande to, uh, you know, as we talked about, JoJo Sawa and Alan Jackson and Justin Timberlake. It's going to be crazy. Kiss and, uh, oh, my goodness, too many to mention. That's why you need to go to SchottensteinCenter.com <laughs> and Nationwide Arena. Com. The Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast is hosted by Gary the Arena Guy and Dave Rettelberger, executive producers Aaron Thomas and Jordan Fair, producer Oliver Zapata Ramirez. Thanks to our special guest, Hoops Green from the Harlem Globetrotters. And remember, listen to subscribe to the Arena Guys Backstage Pass podcast with the Arena Guy and Dave Rettelberger on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>